Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Paris of Copper Beach Financial Group. If you're just joining us on this podcast, you've got to go back and listen to the, the previous podcast. Uh, it's a two-part, I don't want to call it a series, but it's a two-parter. The gentlemen have an amazing guest on the show and really built the foundation on that last podcast. So please go back and listen to that. You'll gain so much more value uh, by listening to that and then coming to this one. And there's a reason why, but I won't spoil it. Michael, how are you? I am good, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to be back with you. I'm excited that you brought your guest back. Um, You guys really set a foundation. Can you just kind of recap what you guys talked about on the last podcast leading to this one? Sure. Well, the last podcast we brought on, uh, as you mentioned, our guest, Matt Sullivan from American Treatment Network and and Matt and his company. uh, I think it's fair to say, Matt, are are in many ways revolutionizing the treatment of uh, a lot of the addiction issues mm. that uh, are pl- is plaguing our country at the moment. And so we spent the first part of the episode really, I think, exploring a lot of the problem uh, of this addiction epidemic that we're facing and uh, gotten a little bit on uh, how American Treatment Network uh, really helps with that. But um, this next episode, I think we're going to get into a little bit more detail with Matt and how his company is really uh, helping, you know, again, solve this problem. So Matt, I want to thank you again for being on the podcast today. Thanks again. And um, welcome. Thanks. Great to be with you again. Thanks so much. Welcome back. This is John. All right. So Matt, as we said, we're we're big fans of uh, case studies and and storytelling uh, here on this podcast. And, And I know that you're in, you deal with a lot of sensitive issues, but I was hoping you could maybe get into a little bit more detail on maybe some of the the stories, success stories that you've had with your business. And maybe if you can try to explain why you guys are able to get those success stories, perhaps more than maybe uh, some other treatment services out there. Sure. Absolutely. Um, So when, when we think of success cases, right, or success story, we believe that, you know, every day, that you're sober is a success. So how does that translate into what we measure, right? KPIs, metrics. Uh, We're one of the few folks that actually is actively, everybody tries to measure their business, which we do, which is great. But one of our key metrics is sobriety rates. And when you look at the sobriety rates of the industry, they're around 40 to 60%, meaning it is tough. We know evidence-based treatment, MAT specifically, in a two-year time frame, 60% of the folks are still clean and sober at two years. So we know that 40% have relapsed. So we know that even if we're doing a great job here, there's still a lot of folks that are going to relapse. Um, so one of our key metrics that we like to do in the success cases is that, and this is how we track it, is that sobriety rate. You know, because of the sensitive nature of what we do, um, you know, we, we can't obviously give names, but, but I can give you instances and what we see on a, all the time on a first-hand basis. We had a gentleman come in uh, that was struggling with drug and alcohol, 
He had been incarcerated because of that, and he was in bad shape. So he was initially referred to us from the probation department. And this is about a year ago. And he came into the pro- program. It was you know, kind of sad. He had gotten back into my office because my door wasn't shut. So we were having a great conversation. And he was so uh, anxious that he almost rubbed a, a hole into my carpet with, with his shoes. And this gentleman you know, kind of became, uh, because I had that conversation with him and we got him in and was part of his uh, intake. Uh, you know, he and I became uh, very friendly because he was very diligent, a little resistant as uh, some folks are in the beginning. Uh, but as he became uh, aware of his situation, as we began to build the trust, right? So how do you, you know, we build trust with our clients Everything's fully disclosed. We tell them why we're doing it. And one of the things that we do is we urine drug test our patients. Uh, it's random in nature. Um, and we do it at a protocol, which really helps us have a third party uh, metric. In addition to all the eyes that are on the patient. After some fits and starts in the first month, uh, he really began to trust us. Uh, so much so, uh, he really began to thrive in our program, went through the program probably in, in about a year, was able to uh, get discharged at the end of the year uh, and just each month, right? So we, it, it, our process, I can share with you our process, but it, it's very personalized. So sometimes you'll have somebody that embraces the process, they follow the process and they're out of the, our treatment in a year. We call them alumni. And they're so they're so grateful for what they've done. They they actually come back and help some of the others as peer counselors, and that's what this gentleman. Oh, did. That's great. So this this gentleman not only was he struggling, kind of at the end of his rope, had come, had gotten into our program, had gotten sober, had gotten better, began to really embrace the philosophies, and then he saw himself as somebody that could now become what's called a certified peer specialist. So it not only did we get him better, he's now an active certified peer specialist. He had moved, he's out Colorado, uh, and he's now in the addiction treatment space. So he's giving back. And, you know, when people ask him his story, he said, thank God for American Treatment Network, because I was on death's door and I was about to die, but that wasn't God's plan. He brought me to American Treatment Network. I've been able to live again, and now I'm here to help you live again. And we've been on a couple of his uh, meetings with him, and it's just become very eloquent in the value uh, of of outpatient treatment. Uh, Certainly what he saw here is not everywhere. He's an advocate for wraparound value-based care, uh, medical and behavioral health. Uh, because it becomes an access play. You know, he lived three or four blocks, fortunately, from us, so he could just walk here. Um, you know, that was probably, you know, one of our biggest success cases that not only get him better, he he now is actively great, in the addiction story. treatment. Great, yeah, great as a story. leader, right? So, you know, uh, you know, the other great stories that, that we have is, you know, who takes the bus anymore, right? We all have our cell phones, our cars. Well, quite a few people take the bus. So we took an ad out on the, the bench 
out in front of our office. And, you know, we all think of Google and we all think of all these high tech ways to get the message out. We've already had 10 or 15 people sitting there waiting for the bus that has said, you know what, I'm not taking this bus. I'm walking into American Treatment Network right behind me. And, and most of their stories are, are very similar. Um, you know, you know our, our 90% of our patients right now, we have a sobriety rate of 90%. So as long as they're with us, you know, mo- most folks are going to do great. We do have what we call that 10%, which is relapse, right? But that doesn't mean they're gone forever. So, you know, we've had stories. This one gentleman uh, also came in through that entrance, didn't, had, didn't have a problem with, uh, you know, the police did not touch any of the other services that are widely available for everybody. He just felt after a year of abusing alcohol, after years of abusing alcohol, he was done. And he said, I sat there on that bench and I decided now's the time. So again, he got off that bunch. In this case, it was alcohol and, and came in and, and got into our program. Uh, he's still in the program. He, he comes monthly uh, for some of our outpatients, or, or I'm sorry, our groups, you know, after, after uh, some individuals. So, you know, we deliver a continuum of care here. So folks can obviously get the medical treatment for, you know, hepatitis, for their you know, if they happen to have this is injectable drugs, right? So it's infectious diseases. We have that full lab that I've mentioned where we do not only toxicology, but we do COVID testing and such. So they can get a full, they know that they, they if they pick up the phone, they got someone that's going to see them right away. And the behavioral health. So when they first come, we do that assessment that I spoke about in the last podcast. And we, we place them in a track. And that track can be anywhere from two years to six months. It just depends on how well the patient does in treatment. Most folks, you know, it it is like I mentioned, it's it's chronic. Most of our patients are with us probably about two years. If a patient does relapse, unfortunately, we've seen that, you know, we may not see them for a while, but they, they, they come back. So they always remember that experience of American Treatment Network. And if you've ever been to our clinics, they're, they're kind of purposely built, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, you come into a class A office space, like I had mentioned, you walk to the left side of the practice, and that's our whole medical suite of folks, everybody from physicians, nurse practitioners, psychiatrists, you know, they're going to see you. Then we take you around the corner and then we have our behavioral health folks, our therapists, our therapists or LCSWs. We have a lot of really highly talented, certified and licensed folks here. We also use MS uh, providers. And then as you come around to leave, we have the group rooms, the group session rooms. We have big modern rooms with great ventilation. Uh, Our one room services yoga right? Mind and body movement. We have what's called IOP. We also have a PHP program where we teach alternative ways to to deal with situations and stress. And, you know, obviously yoga, physical exercise, stretching, and these things, you know, plays plays a part of that. So it's kind of a circle, um, you know, that we we think about when when we treat a patient with the patient in the middle of that circle and all these different interventions, 
that we can deliver to that patient to get them better. Hey, Matt, I would think you'd have a challenge, maybe I'm wrong, a challenge of recruiting skill personnel to your to your centers. Is there, is there an abundance of specialists out there that are looking for a home, or is it something you trade with, you trade them to? So we we it is a challenge for us. I think what has happened with the, the pandemic, LCSWs that I mentioned, these are certified, highly certified folks. You know, they're kind of a rare breed now. And uh, so we've been fortunate in the fact that when we meet with folks and they actually see our model, they see how fundamentally different we are than where they came from. Uh, and they also see, see the culture of, the, of, our, of our American Treatment Network. They get to look at the white of our eyes. They see that not only do we talk about the right things to do, we actually do it, Right. So we are growing very fast. I think we have, uh, you know, well over 50 employees now. Um, each one of these new centers is about 25 folks. I have about three of those going up. Uh, we've been fortunate in A, our clinical reputation helps. B, our flexibility helps, you know, with the telehealth. Uh, we're starting to hire some of these folks. And uh, with the advent of our EMR system and the telehealth, we can actually uh, have them productive uh, from their house. So I think it's more the providers need to be willing to change how they interact with, with the rest of the team. Uh, but I would say while it's always a challenge, we've been able really to attract the best and the brightest because of how different we are. A lot of this, a lot of the treatment would be, it's fragmented. So do I go see my primary care? Well, I maybe go see him and have to get an appointment with him. But then he's going to refer me to get counseling. And then, well, where am I going to go to, you know, who's going to do the drug testing, right? Then I got to go to LabCorp request. So it, it becomes this big process, this big, where do I go? How do I get started? How do I stay engaged? That becomes a barrier where we say, look, it's real easy. You walk in the front door, you call Call our number. We get you in within 24 hours and we're going to give you everything that you need because in the end, you're going to need every resource uh, to fight this, this addiction. And in the end, we're really talking about survival, right? So uh, we take that mission seriously here. Uh, and I think when you come and, and you see it and you talk to the team, people are excited to join. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it seems it seems so common sense, but I understand that particularly in the medical world, that's not always the way things uh, turn out in practice. But I, I, it seems to me, from my perspective, not being an expert in this topic, that any barrier you put up to getting that treatment started is is a negative. Right. right. And I, I yeah, love definitely. how you can really be a one stop turnkey shop for that, because I think that would make all the difference for a lot of people out there that are want to get started. But oh, I have to wait, you know, a month to get an appointment at this lab and I've got to figure out how to get there. And then before you know it, they lose interest, right? I, right. I, that, that to me seems so common sense, but um, I guess that's not the way that it, it's worked traditionally. So it's great that you guys are doing that. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I think we're, there's a fundamental movement within healthcare in America where we want to get to what's called value. So the payer's, 
like to talk about value-based care and, and they are putting value-based contracting for the medical side of the house, but they seem reluctant to kind of join both. Now we do have some pretty forward thinking provider or provide uh, insurers that are trying to get there. Um, you know, for us, you know, we like to call ourselves a value-based program in a fee-for-service world. So what that means is by delivering both medical and behavioral services and tracking that data, we're going to work with Thomas Jefferson. And when we have enough data, I'd worked with them in the past, and we're going to publish that data. Okay. So our ultimate goal here in, in, in getting people better is to say, look, you know, here is the American Treatment Network ecosystem. It's our way of care. You know, we have looked at it over a period of two years. Here's our sobriety rates. Here's our long-term sobriety rates. Here's our connection to care. And we've even partnered with one of the large um, payers in Delaware to uh, be open to looking at the actual cost, where what we'll do is we'll identify a handful of these patients. And with the help of the plan, we'll be able to look at their claim history. And the question will be, you know, what was the claim history before ATN? What's the claim history after ATN? And we believe that we'll, we'll, we'll achieve two goals. A, we'll have uh, better outcomes and metrics, but we also believe it'll be less costly to treat that patient in the ecosystem of American Treatment Network. We know that uh, the cost of somebody not being treated to a health plan is roughly $16,000 per patient per year. And that's made up of visits to the ER, um, you know, overutilization of services. Um, these folks are, if they're not in treatment, are twice as likely to be hospitalized in the prior year and four times as likely to use that emergency room as your primary care doc or your emergency room. Um, you know, just here in uh, Delaware County, Chester Crozier has decided that they're going to leave addiction treatment services. And, and uh, it's caused a great opportunity for us uh, because we're done, we've just rented some space in the office building down there. So luckily we can help fill that void, but it's, it's hospitals aren't prepared to treat chronically. They're prepared to treat acute illness and, and prospect medical loans um, Chester Crozier, and it was decided, well, that's, we can't make money there because it's, you know, it's a chronic disease and uh, it's not well-funded, you know, from a chronic perspective. So how we're able to do well as a business is by really delivering the best care. And that's where it starts and ends for us. What's the best for the patient? And, and that ultimately, that model will be proven out with data in a value-based world. And as that becomes more of a contracting requirement for these payers, we think we'll, we'll be able to, uh, you know, put more of these centers up because we'll be able to do better. Hey, Matt, quick question. The, the, the people that fall out of your program for whatever reason, that 40% number, how many of them come back to you? And when they come back to you, is there continued success or they're, they're still challenged with their addiction? So it, it depends. It depends on the patient. So we do see quite a, so that 60% number is nationwide on MAT across the okay. nation. You know, our numbers are much better than that. Oh, good. Thank God. 
and when we do see it, when we do have an initial touch with the patient, when you look at our uh, touch points, units of service, for example, if someone comes to us for MAT, he's going to get four units of service the first month from medical, essentially once a week. He's going to have a physician see him once a week. He's also going to get a minimum of, of three touch points a week in uh, either a group or individual setting. So they're getting that behavioral and the medical. That's a lot of touches. A week, you know, that's uh, yeah. if we have four touches a week, right? Uh, four hours a week. That's a lot of time. So the ASAM process and best practice is to start heavy in the beginning and based on patient success and their progression within the program, you, you gently come back off the service to where ultimately they're seen once a month, at least in our model. They're seen once a month by a physician uh, and once a month by a therapist. That's at the end of their treatment. So the key for this model is about the six, three to six month program time frame. That's really when, if they're going to relapse and flush out, we see it. So it is possible that, you know, when I throw out a 90% sobriety rate and engagement rate here in American Treatment Network, you know, those 10% of the folks, you know, uh, some we don't ever see again, sadly. Uh, and others, uh, happily to say, about 30%, you know, we'll see them again. And we know that disease is uh, one of, uh, you know, success, but also failure. I mean, it's, it's just out there. It's a tough disease state. And, you know, I always go back to that 60% number that you threw out for me as, a, as, a, as an operator is, you know, I tend to look at that 40%. Like, how can we get that 40%? Because that's where people die. It's where people continue to struggle. And they don't reach their potential. And that's for me, that's what drives us here is as great as we're doing, let's pat ourselves on the back, but but let's challenge ourselves to raise the bar where nobody wants for addiction treatment in America. Yeah, Matt, I, I love that. Well, I love that challenge, uh, first off. And and what I sort of gleaned from this conversation, the last two podcasts is really what I and correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it seems from my perspective that a high, there, is there a higher degree of relapse for individuals that aren't able to change their the lifestyle inter, or their environment from before they visited you the first time? Because it seems to me like you're creating a different culture and a different lifestyle for these individuals that you're treating that really helps them move past that or maybe change their whole mindset around their life. Yeah, I think it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got the, the question has two components. Right. I, I think, you know, we do treat that. We do have some folks in here that do not want medicated assisted treatment. Certainly, I was in a, a met someone over the weekend uh, that went cold turkey hmm. and, you know, she, she's fine. Uh, she said it was a rough ride, but, you know, she she went cold turkey and and so far so good. And it's it's always the body it's always in the mind and that's our, our our that's our challenge right so you can have folks and this is an interesting dynamic in our industry because medicated assisted treatment which we know is the only evidence-based successful modality out there 
that I've mentioned, it's not 100% adopted in the industry. So 50% of the inpatient facilities do not embrace MAT treatment. They say, well, it's, it's uh, replacing one drug with another. Uh, and that's their position. Well, it's, it's almost saying to a diabetic, well, we're not going to give you metformin because we don't want to put you on a drug. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, in, in my opinion, in our opinion, that's, that's it's an incorrect attitude because the beauty of medicaid-assisted treatment is it takes that desire away for the drug. But that doesn't mean you don't get, to your point, that in-depth retraining of the brain. Some of these folks will need to go to a, we do a lot of work with some of the local halfway houses and sober homes. And these folks are from all over Pennsylvania, you know, and they come and they go inpatient and the sober homes, you know, they'll still spend three to six months with us here in Delaware County, in Montgomery County. Then they'll go back to Lackawanna. They'll go back to Shippensburg. They'll go back to Johnstown. And, and you know, that patient is, is better suited not only with the MAT, but being totally removed out of that environment. Because they, you know, two weeks to a month in, in an inpatient facility, you're not going to be able to get that done. So it, it goes back really to personalized medicine. That used to be the big buzzword here in 35 years. But, you know, for 30 years, I've introduced disruptive products and services into the medical industry. And in a lot of ways, even though we all kind of believe and love MAT treatment, there's still a lot of resistance out there resistance out there, especially among inpatient providers. So I don't want to, you know, so I don't want to say that, you know, you know, we're, we all have the common goal of reducing relapse. And, and for me, uh, 30 plus years for me studying evidence-based protocols and knowing physicians, anytime you ask them to do anything different, the first thing they say is show me your data. Well, I can show them data. And that data says if you want your patients, 60% of your patients sober and happily functioning in two years, you want to put them on MAT. So it's kind of our foundation. It's kind of our Bible. Uh, we do treat folks that don't want to do MAT, certainly alcohol. So a lot of folks uh, in the alcohol program, although we can use Vivitrol, they, they choose not to. Uh, but there is that patient that needs even more support. And they need to be out of their environment. And they need to be in, in that uh, halfway house or that sober room. Excellent. This is uh, this has been. I mean, I don't think we've had a podcast like this. Um, no, we haven't. In, in been, some of the ninety or so that I think we've we've done now at this point. So this is. Uh, I mean, this is very enlightening for me personally, and I I think for you as well, Dad. It's it again. It's. You know, this is not something that, uh, thankfully, we have had to deal with uh, personally. Um, you know, so we're sort of on the fringe in terms of being aware of a lot of these issues and what resources are available. But you know, to hear it from someone like you that's doing it every day and really changing the paradigm is is great. You know, it's, it's this has been awesome. Thank you so much. That outstanding. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. And uh, you know, uh, the last thing I'd let your your listeners uh, think of is. Um, you know, certainly you can check out our website, www.americantreatmentnetwork.com. We have a 24-7 uh, line that anyone can pick up the phone, ask questions. Um, 
do a lot of work with families and um, we really want to be a part of the solution and we're here to help. So anything we can do, just let us know. Oh, absolutely. Again, Matt, this is, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. I know that one barrier that people face is they just don't know, you know, when somebody's in despair like that, they're just, they don't find, they don't see a way out. And I know that you have said in, in, in private conversation, not on the, on the recording that you guys will, will help pretty much anybody. And so it shouldn't be a barrier if people are concerned about payment methods. Is that right? Yes. I, I think that's kind of a core pillar of our, our value to the community and our, our fellow citizens. We're going to deliver the best evidence-based care that money can buy, whether you can afford it or not. Right. So we, we take all insurances. We're in network with everybody. We have contracts for uninsured folks. I would just really encourage anybody struggling that pick up the phone. We're going to do whatever we can do to get you better. And that's what I would say. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much Uh, again, Matt. Thank you so much for being a great guest, John and Michael. You did it again. I mean, you brought somebody on that was riveting and has so much great information to share. And I thank you so much for using this podcast as a platform to help people constantly. And so gentlemen, again, thank you so much for what you do. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast with John and Michael Paris. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually does help other people find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC Registered Investment Advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. 
Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. American Treatment Network, American Portfolios, and Copper Beach Financial Group, LLC, are unaffiliated entities.